Stay classic. Rock on. Get your shot. Stay classic. Rock on. All right, welcome back to the second episode of Step Into My Shoes, a podcast about sneakers, life, cars, and hip-hop, and everything in between. I'm here joined today with a good friend of mine. His name is Christian. Uh, He's a sneakerhead, he's a father, and he's an owner of two small businesses, at least two that we know of. Uh, Christian, you want to go ahead and say hi to everyone? What's up? How you guys doing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, why don't you tell them, let's just start with shoes, man. What did you rock today? Today, I brought my beat off-white Prestos out. <laughs> Those are like, been the, like, the my OGs? yeah, the ones that you cleaned and then they just went back <laughs> to the street, dude. <laughs> dude. Those things are so comfortable. Oh yeah, definitely, man. Those are probably like one of my favorite pairs that I have. That's crazy. Yeah. I remember when you brought them to the shop, um, Man, I was like, what does this dude do? Is he gardening them or they're all dusty? <laughs> yeah, it's literally it literally wearing them almost every day right when I got them. Did you um did you cop those for retail when they came out or? Uh no, so what happened was um I got bit on a buy and they were all fake. Well, I got so I got bit on a buy of like 8 Yeezys with a pair uh-huh. of Prestos in it and then they were all fake. So then I was like pissed Ooh. and then kind of make myself feel better. Some, another guy set up a pair of, uh, the Beluga 1.0s and the mm. Prestos and he let it go for like 15 for both. So I, I just took it. Yeah. Oh, that's a good deal. How long ago was this? Was this like right around re- when they released her? That was probably like maybe like three years ago. That was like, yeah, right, right before my son. Yeah. yeah. 20, 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, fake shoes are crazy. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's when you thought someone knew what they were talking about and put, kind of put a little bit too much trust in that. And, uh, it came out, it came back like really bad. <laughs> so how, how did that go down? Was it like an offer up deal or was it someone you knew, like a friend of a friend? Um, it was my friend and it was his friend that was saying that he could get, um, this is when the blue tints, the frozen yellows and the, I believe the Beluga 2.0s were supposed to release. Cause that was like, it was all like in, within that month they were supposed to release. Um, he yeah. was telling me that he could get them and he has a guy that locks like locked down like all these pairs. So I was like, I'm down hit up, some of my homies and some of my employees see if anyone wanted to go in on, on, on him. Cause he said as much as I wanted. And, you know, th- my friend is, I mean, he was a good friend at the time. Um, yeah. you know, and he was like, bro, like I got you. Like if it ends up turning out fake, like I got you, we'll get your money back and all this stuff. And then I was like, all right, dude, uh, let's go like 3,600 later. I mean, cause it, it turned out to be about 15 pairs altogether. Ooh, okay. And then like, I think it was like around like 3,600. Um, mm-hmm. got, I got my first batch in, was looking at it. Box looked all weird. There was a receipt in it. I was looking at the receipt and it was from the year before from Germany. And I was like, dude, these are all busted. Oh, yeah. Shoot. And then and- went to go try to get those pairs back. And, uh, my good friend quote unquote ended up ghosting me and, uh, lost out on all that. 
Wow. So to this day, you don't talk to him anymore? Or? To this day, yeah, no, we haven't talked. Um, in the beginning, he was like trying to help me get the money. And then, I mean, I, I don't know what to believe in what he was saying before anymore. But like he was like telling me that like the dudes like said that uh, like they're real. And I was like, dude, I could show him right now. Like all these pairs you sent me, there's something wrong with all of them. And then oh, um, he was like, dude, like, I'll just help you sell them, try to get some money back. I was like, all right, that's fine. I was like, uh, like, what? as long as I get some money back, I don't care. Right. right. And then um, that went down and he uh, never heard from him again. <laughs> Damn, dude, that's that's insane. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, I think everyone's had. Was that the first time you've ever come across like fakes or? Uh, has it had it had happened to you like in the past? No, that was my first time coming across fakes, pretty much, especially on a big buy like that. I, I could, I mean, you could usually yeah. spot it if you ask for some good pictures, but um, especially if you know what you're looking for in the pairs. I mean, I started off, I mean, my sneaker stuff started off. I tried for the Beluga 1.0, it was my first drop ever, and mm-hmm. I copped, and I was like, it was game over from there. I just kept on going, but um, Jeez. yeah, so that, that did you try? Did you try the shoes on? Did I try? Yeah, I tried. I tried on some of the shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did Did they feel weird? Or? They felt They felt like narrow and tough. Mm. You know, and it was just, yeah. I mean, boxes were smaller, and like you know, you know when the paper comes too perfect. Yeah. yeah you yeah, know what yeah. I mean. So it's like, yeah, it was it was just bad. Man, so what did you end up doing with the shoes afterwards? Um, so he ended up taking because my first shipment was like seven pairs. Um, I kept my sizes, and he took so my sizes were like three pairs, and he took like the other five with him. Um, so I mm-hmm. never saw those pairs again. But I ended up just giving mine to like a friend who didn't care about rock and fake shoes, and I was like. Yeah, just something to rock. Yeah, so then like he was like, they're still pretty comfortable. I was like, if you want them, bro, just take them. So. Yeah. I mean, I honestly have nothing against replicas or, you know, shoot, fake shoes. It, but I do have something against, you know, people getting over. I mean, I think anyone listening here that's a mm-hmm. sneakerhead, they had to have encountered some run-in with fakes. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember for me early on, like when mm-hmm. I think it was like 2000 and two 2003 like i just started saying hey i want to buy shoes you know and i started looking on ebay and i got my first pair of uh jordan four black cement you know yeah breads they call them now but yeah man and they they came and i didn't know they were fake they looked dope and i just remember rocking them and being excited because i got my first pair of jordans for 90 bucks you know that i'd always wanted since i was a kid and then i wore them a couple times and then i remember like friend came over to my house he's like bro what's wrong with your what's wrong with your black cement fours they look off he's like where'd you get them and i'm like ebay he's like man they're fake dude and then he started pointing everything out and this was like 20 years ago yeah so i mean i didn't even know that that was a thing you know Mm -hmm. so i think everyone kind of everyone has to kind of have that experience especially if you're going to start collecting shoes you know, you, you, everyone, it's bound to happen at some point. You're going to just going to get a deal. It's going to be too good to, you know, sound too good to be true. Yeah. And you're just going like, to hop uh, on it. It's, it, over from it's, it's usually that first yeah, time. Though. It, I, I think it's like usually like, because yeah. even for like some of my homies that are like just getting into shoes. And I mean, I told them my story, obviously. 
And it's like that that made them super cautious on stuff. But then like there's always that one homie is like, oh, man, dude, this guy's selling this for this much. I, I You won't believe what I picked this up for. And then you get it and you're just like, oh, bro. <laughs> you're like i'm sorry i man. can't count yeah you're like i'm sorry I man i can't like, count how many times that's happened to me yeah <laughs> i mean i mean even me as like i mean i guess i could say i'm a veteran because i'm old but it's like i get so excited when i see a deal and i'm like i'm about to come up like this this pair is dope i've always wanted it and you're not even really thinking it's fake um you know until it happens to you a couple of times and then you become a lot more skeptical but even then some of these replica shoes are so like, they're so on point. Like you mentioned Yeezys. I bet from that point to now, the Yeezys are almost like undetectable. Yeah. Like I, like I, I don't understand how like some people could even tell nowadays. I mean, it's, it's hard. We've, we've like even at United, like, so when we, when we first opened up, that was one of the things we encountered is like, you know, we had one fake after another and, we had people trying to consign and sell and it's like, obviously you want to pass the benefit of the doubt on the person coming in with the shoe because you know, we, you're basically everyone's honest. Right. Yeah. But some people are out to get you, obviously you're trying to get over. And then there's people that really don't know if they're real or fake. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of tell based on, you know, your conversation with them, if you have suspicions about it, where did you buy it? Where did you get it? You know, oh, I got it as a gift. Okay. No one gets, you know, $500 pairs of shoes as a gift, typically. Yeah, typically. Right? Yeah. But so that was one of, that's actually one of the struggles we went through legit checking. It, it's it's a headache because we're sitting there looking, you know, factoring in everything they're telling us, where they're getting the shoes from. And then we're looking and we're comparing, you know, let's say a zebra to a zebra, mm-hmm. but a size eight and a half zebra is going to be different from a size 12 zebra. Yeah as far as shape and stripes and all that stuff and stitching too. And then you'd be more. Stitching. Yeah. Yeah. Stitching. And then you got 2015 versus 2017 versus how many times have they released the shoe? And each time it's different, yeah. you know, the soles, the different color, the boost pattern is different, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, it's a headache and just it, a slightly different shade of white. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, every single time. Yeah. And then, and then to not, not that that's already difficult to figure out. It's, you know, oh, it's a worn pair. And then you're kind of like back at square one with a worn pair. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if it's worn, you can't even tell what it looks like in a dead stock condition. Yeah, because it could be a little bit darker. So, you don't know the life of that shoe. <laughs> it's it's really hard to legit check. And then, you know, we go through that with every shoe, but we, we do our best. And we've, we've actually like refused a few pairs to sell even – even though it was like, let's say 90%, like we, everything else is on point, but there's like three things throwing us off about the shoe. We've compared it with other shoes, same size, same everything. And we just have to pass on it. Like we've had some that had receipts, like legit, like let's say Riverside Foot Locker receipts. Yeah. You know, obviously you want to believe that because it was bought in a similar town to where you live. But even then, like we can't take that risk because it's not fair to us. It's not fair to our, our buyers and it's not fair to even the person that's consigning. They need to know whether it's real or fake. Yeah. I find that crazy. Like I find that crazy even for some people to sell shoes and they leave one real pair in there. Oh man. Like that's, yeah, we that's had crazy to me. <laughs> Did I ever tell you the story of uh so the Travis Scott one that we got? Uh-huh. Um, 
So we, when the, when that shoe dropped, we actually had someone consign it the day, I believe it was the day that it came out and we had him come in and he was like, yo, I got these. They're in the, they were in the Nike box, you know, the, the shipping box and everything. He had the receipt, I believe. Um, he's like, I got him. It was early, whatever. Okay. And then he consigned them. And less than 24 later, less than 24 hours later, he hits us up. Um, I think we had already posted it and everything. So less than 24 hours later, he hits us up and he's like, yo, I got to take the shoes back. Um, I found a buyer, blah, blah, blah. And it, it kind of made us a little suspicious. So I was the one at the shop at the time. I grabbed a shoe. Um, and I'm like, why would he like pull the shoe? It's, you know, he's going to make it's brand new. I don't know how much. Yeah. yeah, it's brand new. Like he how, all of a sudden he took the time to consign and all of a sudden he found a buyer like immediately. It's weird. Um, and so. I'm looking at the shoe and I'm like, I wonder if there's something up with the shoe. So I'm looking at, I think it was the display pair, right? The one we had on display. And then I grabbed the box and I'm looking at the the one that's in the box and I'm comparing the shoes and the left shoe was different from the right shoe. And I'm not talking like little subtle differences. It was, significantly like, different. it was <laughs> dude, it was like a half an inch taller. What? Yeah. The, the, I forgot which one it was, the real or the fake, but one, you know, one was taller, the color, the shade of the brown suede was different. Um, you know, the markings were di- like, it was just, we started to kind of piece together. Like, I think this dude tried to pull a fast one, like give us the Nike box, give us the OG box, give us the receipt, give us two fake shoes inside, except he did a little switcheroo and me- messed up and then probably was trying to sell the other pair, realized it and was like, yeah, I gotta get my shoes back. Like that, that's the only story we could come up with because the two, the two shoes, I have pictures of it too. I might post it. They were clearly different and it was just a trip. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that happened early on because it, it really, you know, as a, as a new business, it really put our guard up that, Hey, you know, whether he knew what he was doing or not, you know, this is out there and something that we have to deal with. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty nuts, man. Yeah. I bet dude, probably because you guys get pairs all day too. We do. And, and, you know, Yeezys are by far the ones that like give us a headache trying to legit check because there's just so many different variables, but we've gotten, you know, good at it. You know, now we can kind of pinpoint it. Travis one. I mean, I can spot those from like a mile away. We've just had so many encounters with fake Travis ones, you know, off white stuff is basically a similar thing. Yeah. Uh, You know, like I said, man, I don't, I don't have anything against replicas. You know, I've seen people skate them, you know, just rock them, do gardening in them. They're shoes at the end of the day. There's nothing wrong with them. Yeah. But when you're trying to make hundreds and, you know, possibly thousands off people and passing off a fake for real, that's where the issue yeah. kind of yeah. lies. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, what I bothers mean, me too. Yeah, because even that, because it was Yeezys with with a, a pair of the uh, off-white Prestos, the OGs. And as soon as I got mm-hmm. them, I was like, bro. Like, how can you not see this? I was like, what the? <laughs> it was so bad, man. It was so bad. Like, glue on the heel cup, like, they, like, oversaturated it. And you could, like, tell. It's not even, like, somewhat translucent. You could just tell it's just dark. The lettering was, like, right. so bad. The, the 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 tag was horrible. The inner yeah. tag? Yeah, the inner, inner mm. tag and then the uh, the zip tie. The zip tie was so bad. Was it like pink almost, or was it dark, like super dark? It was red? super dark red, and the uh, the writing in it was really bright white. Mm. Yeah, it was just it was just nasty. Oh, and the the teeth were on the wrong side. 
Yeah. You know, but to the untrained eye, like, you know, I would say probably 80, 90% of the people listening, they probably wouldn't even have known, to be honest. Yeah. You know, but but it it's it's it sucks for the people that are really trying to collect and really trying to invest that, you know, it's just an extra barrier that yeah. will stop them from getting, you know, their grails or, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, enough about shoes for now. We'll talk more about sneakers later. So what's 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 up with you, man? How how you been? I've been good, man. You know, just trying to trying to stay alive during this COVID stuff, man. I mean, so yeah, go ahead. Was it a was it a was it a pretty rough transition at first? At first, yeah. Um, I mean, at first it was hard to even tell, like what was gonna be open at first, you know, because even at that, like, all we heard was California is going and like shut down pretty much. And then it was just like little things that were coming out every day. Cause I mean, I, I have the vape shop too. So yeah, when, when Riverside County posted it up, like we just weren't sure what was going to go on. So like, you know, I, for essential, I mean, the restaurant would be straight. The restaurant was going to be good, but right for right. the amount of traffic that I was getting, this was like right when like school was about to end for UCR. Cause I'm so close to UCR. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we get all that traffic and then it was a mixture of them leaving and then now it being shut down. I was my first thought is like, I have too many employees now. <laughs> I was like, right. Uh, right. Yeah. I was like, I, I, we'll see what these numbers are going to be, because right now we're going into a slow time already. Who knows what's going to happen next? So right. like it was just taking it day by day. And now it's it's somewhat like kind of figuring itself out. Like I'm I'm starting to get like a good a good touch on what my normal traffic is every week now, you know. Um, and it's it's slowly starting to get better because um, you know I, Riverside County uh, is like reopening up a lot more a lot more stores or not even stores like manufacturers and warehouses and stuff. Businesses, yeah, right, right. So. Um, it's it's starting to pick up a bit because more people are uh, are going back to work. Um, mm. But other than that, like deliveries are insane. Like all th- all good. third party deliveries are 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 taking over pretty much more than my my like in store, you know. So it's it's good. At least I'm taking something better than nothing, you know. Yeah, it's kind of the new norm, right? So I think people are getting better at like I've never used any of the food delivery services until this whole, you know, COVID like 19 thing. And now I'm like, you know, I use, what is What's the one DoorDash? I use DoorDash like all day. Yeah. Um, is- I mean, not all day, but you know, I, I use it yeah. now. Mm-hmm. See, like I, I see it like DoorDash, Uber eats. What is it? There's Grubhub. There's Postmates there. It's dope. Like they, like they're, they make the stay at home way easier. Um, but they take such a big cut, man. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, they they take <laughs> they take such a big cut per order, and it's pretty insane. So it's like, um, but like I said, it's it's always better to get something than nothing, you know. So right, at least your doors are open. Yeah, in a sense. Yeah, in a sense. Yeah, because at first I was using all those deliveries just for promotion, man. Because I have I have UCR right next to me. I get new freshmen every yeah. year. You know, so it's like all the time. Yeah, I get new freshmen all the time. So it's like all these guys that are dorming or who or don't have cars, I'm in the perfect spot. So like they were uh I, I was 
be, I was being able to at least reel in those new customers and hopefully keep them after them tasting the food, you know? So now it's, now it's ultra, ultra necessity that I get all these orders. <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk more about like your, your, your marketing strategy and the businesses in a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I was just curious cause that was one of the reasons why I wanted you to get on the podcast mm-hmm. was because it's, it's a good time right now with, with COVID to kind of sit back and reflect. And I know you've been doing a lot of planning on your business strategies and things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of cool. Cause I, I mean, other listeners could be wondering like, man, what are, what's really going on? You know what I mean? How about, how about your personal life? Like, how is it with, I know you have Noah, um, and then you live with your girl. So like, how's, how's that going? Um, it's, is she working from, she's not working. She's still working, right? Not working from home. No, she's She's, still working. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She still, she still works out in, uh, in Irvine. She's a, uh, she's a vet tech. So, you know, uh, everyone has more time now to actually, you know, take better care of their, their their animals. Yeah. So. Yeah, for her, the first the first month was insane for her because some of the smaller vets weren't open, um, and she works at a pretty big hospital, so everyone was going towards her, uh, going to her hospital in Irvine, and um, yeah, it was some crazy cases, man. Some pretty crazy yeah, I, cases. I, I follow I follow her on uh, Instagram too, so like sometimes I'll send some of the stories to my daughter because she loves animals, mm-hmm. and I'll show her like I think she she posted like a porcupine. And then, like, there's some pretty gross stuff too. I'm like, yeah, Man, where do these animals even come from? Like, was there a sea turtle? Am I tripping? Was she working on the sea? Yeah, turtle? there was a there was a turtle there, and uh, <laughs> um, I think it was something wrong with its shell that it was digging it to, into its tail, so like it was getting too long. So it needed like a shell trimming. Oh yeah, wow. dude, she got it's an alpaca like... there once. I was like, who has an alpaca? <laughs> I was I'm wondering like where's where are these animals even coming from? I guess they're all out in OC. <laughs> no, yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone that got the money. Oh, hey, dude, did you yeah. see my alpaca? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Man, my kids are just barely begging me for like a hamster or something. Yeah. We we were trying actually we were trying to find a hedgehog because we they, we saw someone post a hedgehog on TikTok. Uh-huh. And I was like, dude, let's get a hedgehog. That'd be dope. Are they But uh it turn, turns out they're illegal. Yeah, I was, I was about to say are they California. are they legal? Cuz ferrets are illegal. But I heard you could go out to Vegas and bring one in, but I don't know how that goes later. Yeah, I don't want to get busted by the ferret police, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I'll stick to something simple. Yeah. But no, but other than porcupine would be dead. for for the COVID stuff. I mean, for me and her, it honestly hasn't changed for us much. Um, yeah. I mean, we don't get to go out on our days off anymore, so we spend more time at home. Um, That's good. Like for Noah, I mean, he's two years old, so he's he's starting to feel a bit cooped up in the house, but we try to like have him play outside in the backyard as much as we can. How's, how's, how is he adjusting? Um, Cause I know that's, that's a big topic right now is how children are adjusting to, you know, the stay at home. It's crazy. Cause you think, well, they're kids, right? They're yeah. at home anyway. Yeah. But you know, that adjustment of even just, I feel like sometimes even just being with your parents all day versus, you know, your parents going to work. Yeah. Like there's no break, so yeah. there's definitely some kind of adjustment period. Yeah, I, for us, um, it hasn't been much different because we're we're both still working. So, but like I think what's been hard for him, it's like he's used on going out with us, like to dinner, to lunch, and mm-hmm. like yeah, he now sometimes like you know we've been just craving just to go drive, just to kind of feel normal and put him in the car seat and just 
it doesn't it doesn't matter where we go we could just go turn around for like an hour just go drive you know and like yeah. he he loves it so it's just you know just trying to get a little bit more creative and 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 try new things with him to 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 you know try to just engage him and and not do the normal stuff that he's always been doing that's good cuz i'm sure he has a lot of bottled in energy you know just being his age oh yeah dude this dude's a monkey man he's like all over everything <laughs> and you said he's he's two turning three or he's turning three he just turn uh, two? he's turning three this year in december yeah oh okay oh his birthday's in december mm-hmm. december 20th that's dope yeah for, for for the for the listeners that don't know we we both have um our sons named noah yeah that was a trip and they were both both born in um in december as well yeah that was crazy because when we first came over to the shop and you know we're talking about um my son you're like yo i was like you're like yo my my son's name's noah too i was like that's crazy (laughs) because he was just born at that time also so it was like really fresh for us you know yeah Yeah. Yeah, it's been that long huh yeah we've been open for a year so he was barely one yeah it was barely one yeah that's a trip, man. Like things just happen. It, I think the first thing that tripped me out was your name because I have a very good friend named Chris Nazareno, except his name is spelled with a K. Yeah. Um, but he's just, he's a really good friend of mine. Um, and then you walked in and I'm like, I, I think you said your name and I didn't know it was Christian. I, I think you said Chris and I was like, dude, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's nuts, man. Um, so he's adjusting. You guys are pretty much business as normal. Yeah. Um, and then what do you think, what do you think is going to like, what time frame do you think is, are things going to kind of normalize for you as a, for your business? I mean, as a family, sorry. As, oh, as a family. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. Cause like we have so many friends that are in, you know, in the in medical that it's like, I, mentally I'm getting prepared for a second wave. So right, right. Like, who knows how long this could go? I mean, to 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 us, we're kind of normalizing it now. I mean, you have to wear a mask everywhere. I mean, it's crazy that Riverside County lifted that, but it's like you know, better safe than sorry. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I definitely never been so clean going out. Like I literally yeah. try to clean everything that I touch before I touch it. And right. it, so it's like, it's, it's, I, I feel like we're just trying to normalize it now and get ready for what's hap- What's going to, what might happen next, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, it's, it's so hard, you know, at first, I don't know about you, but when the whole COVID thing hit, man, my anxiety was like through the roof, like just doing something simple as going to the gas station to get gas or trying to get supplies. Like, or being scared when someone sneezes by you or coughs by you. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah, no, I'm, I, I was the same way. Uh, I mean, to me, I like, to me, I, I think it was harder for it to settle in at first because it was unbelievable, you know? Yeah. And like, I wasn't kind of taking into consideration of like, I need to worry about what other people are doing around me. Right. And it's like, as as soon as that I got through that through my head, I was like, yo, what? Like, 
you need to really keep your head on a swivel. You need to really be pay, be paying attention to everything you're touching, to what you could touch later or who you're going to go home to later. Right. Like everything's connected. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's connected. It's, it's pretty nuts, man. And, you know, I believe we're all going to bounce back from this soon, but what's, how different is it going to be from what we remember? Yeah. I mean, we'll probably say, you remember those times where we used to just give each other hugs and shake each other's hands like freely? Yeah. You know, because I mean, even even my own family, when I see them, like, uh, do I hug you? Do I say, you know, do I just give you like a, a air bump or something? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's it's, it's so weird. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure people just we just naturally want to be social and be close to other humans, and they like contacts. I think we'll just transition back. Yeah. You know, eventually, but see, but I, right I, now, I think it's, it's just, I think it's cool. I mean. You know, when I was younger, I didn't really have much, like, I, I mean, for me, I didn't have much friends. So, like, I went online to kind of just, like, get used to, like, talking to people or, you know, just, yeah. like, just to be friends with people. Social skills. Yeah, social skills and all that. So, it's, like, to, to it's, it's crazy that, like, for me, it's kind of coming in full circle in the sense that, like, people are getting used to virtually now talking to each other like zoom is crazy zoom right. is blowing up like my friends. yeah my friend, i've never used zoom until recently yeah my friends my friends have zoom meetings every weekend just to catch up with each other you know <laughs> and it's like it's it now it's like becoming like a scheduled thing right and and that's true you, you know so it's like it's it's crazy and for some of the people that are are finding it hard to adapt to that like they just need to be reminded that your homies are still there they're just you know, a text message away. I mean, unfortunately they might not be able to be in the same room as you as of for right now, but you know, you, you got to watch out for your own too. You, you know what I think is really cool about like this whole situation is that I feel closer to some of my distant, my once distant friends and family, you know, cause we never used to have family meetings until now, mm-hmm. you know, and I never used to talk to my friends as frequently as I do now. I don't know if it's because I have more time or you just value people a little bit more right now because you can't, you know, be out you know, to see them and, and actually in, interact with them. Um, it it so feels like, like, it feels like it was, more kind of like getting back to like a spiritual level with people. It's, it's, it's different. I don't know. I feel like it's, I feel like it's more in depth when you, when you're now talking to your friends again. Right. You actually listen to them. Yeah. You're not multitasking while you're trying to talk to them. <laughs> so that's that's really dope um well let's back up a little bit so tell me let's let's get to know christian tell me a little bit about like little christian where were you born raised that type of stuff um i was born pretty much inland empire and i've been inland empire my whole life um i all right i'm gonna cut you out so so inland empire is for for a lot of the listeners just so they know what the ie is it's this little pocket about an hour and 30 minutes away from downtown los angeles yeah mm-hmm. K- kind of like off in you know off in the middle of nowhere i guess you could say in the all right my bad we had a little bit of a technical difficulty there uh are you back with me Okay, cool. So you were just talking about young Christian. <laughs> yeah, so pretty much born and raised in the Inland Empire. Um, yeah, I uh, was born in um, like Fontana, 
and then I stayed in Colton um, all throughout high school and stuff, and then uh, moved out to Grand Terrace and kind of been in Riverside this this whole time. Were, were your parents originally from the Inland Empire, or no? Uh, they are originally from the Philippines, and then they moved down here. Um, and then, yeah, we've been stuck in California. I wouldn't say stuck in California. I love California. We've been here in California this whole time. <laughs> what um what brought them to the Inland Empire of all places? Uh, that I don't know. To be honest, I think it was um it was cheaper living. Um, because my 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 grandparents they when they moved down here, um, they were pretty much in La Puente the whole time. Okay, so like L.A. Pretty yeah. Much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, uh, uh, when my mom and dad decided to move down south, uh, uh, it it it's probably for the prices of the houses and everything else. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I remember like the first time I had ever heard of the Inland Empire was, um, I think it was that movie Friday, where they're talking about Rancho Cucamonga. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty much that's pretty much the story of the IE, right? Like you have big houses, big land for half the price. Yeah. But you're you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I mean it's coming up now though. Oh for sure. For sure. Rancho, is. Rancho's coming up. Riverside Rancho's kinda of getting a little bougie, but Yeah. Miraloma, cool, Eastdale yeah. mm-hmm. or whatever whatever they want to call that place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Super nice out there too. I mean it's crazy. Never yeah. thought I'd be living out here though, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's it's nuts. I mean, California weather's California weather. Uh, I I just love being in the Inland Empire because I feel like we're so central to a lot of places. You know, like if you want to go explore, you could go explore L.A., San Diego. Like we're like a cool hour, hour and a half away. Yeah, it's definitely a good location. It, it kind of grew. It it grew on me a lot. I mean, you know, when when I when you talk to people and you say I.E., they're like, oh, it's like far and ghetto and and then when you actually live here, you're like, you know what? It's it's not that bad. It's no. it's easy to get to anything realistically, yeah. with with the exception of you know slight traffic and stuff. But that's kind of the life in SoCal, right? Yeah, There's tons of traffic. Not right now. But... I think you just got to get used to drive. <laughs> you just got to get used to that drive. That's about it. Yeah. So you you went to school, elementary, middle, and high school, all in Colton. All in Colton. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, what was that like? Uh, it was cool. Um, elementary school, I, I I had like maybe a handful of Asian friends and, you know, I, I, I got to get some like really good friends that were like not in my race. Like um, one of my best friends was like a white, a a white kid and a a Mexican kid. And, um, it was just a bit like weird for me because the, like how they're, family functions are just a bit different or like right. I would say like values and stuff. Um, but other than that, like it, 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 it was cool. I, I didn't have that much of like a troubled childhood or growing up at all. I don't think um, I just fit pretty much adapted to everything. So in, in your younger days, like I know, moving down to Southern California, one thing that a lot of people talk about is like, you know, the, the whole gang thing, right? Like it was a big deal down here, probably more so than in other cities, you know, in the state and maybe even the country. But, yeah. um, 
and you mentioned obviously your parents moved or decided to move further away from like that LA area, maybe yeah. in an area that, you know, sounds like it might've been less diversified. Mm-hmm. Um, but would you say that played a, a role in, you know, your exposure to that stuff? I, I would say so. Yeah. For me, um, I think my older brother, I mean, we're nine years apart, so I think he got to see it more and, mm-hmm. you know, having an older brother, I think he was able to kind of keep me away from it all. That's good. Yeah. So, so for, for, for me, I, I didn't know what gangs were until probably like my last two years of high school. Oh, that's, that's good, man. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, like, I was like, what do you mean gang? Like what, like a group of people, like group of friends or something, you know? <laughs> so it's like, I, I didn't really get that much. I know like, um, like my last two years of high school, um, I mean, there was like some like race wars, which I didn't understand why, because we were all so young. And it's like, yeah. um, you know, people trying to say they're from this set or this set. But then it's like my group of friends that I kept around, like I, I, I w- there was none of that talk anywhere, you know. So it's like it, it was just weird for for me to. I guess experience that because I was just so, um, I was so, yeah, like oblivious to it all, you know? Yeah. So that's, that sounds like a combination of you maybe not being surrounded by it, but it sounds like you also kind of made your own decision to keep the friends that you kept that just weren't really involved in that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Is that something you kind of learned, picked up from your parents or? I, I I don't know. I I think I I mainly got that from my brother, because mm. I felt like every person my brother was friends with, I was friends with. And you're talking and, about you're talking about Mike. Yeah, my older brother okay, Mike. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And um, I think I've just carried that on with with me like everywhere. Like I, it's I always go off a of vibe. Like if me and you have a common like interest in something and we go off it and we could just literally talk about that for days. I'm down. Like we're homies, you know? Um, if I feel like any type of weird vibe, I'll probably keep you as an acquaintance, but like, we're never really get that close, you know? Right. Like your, um, your, num- your number's in the phone, but it's not saved. The name's yeah, not yeah. saved. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just feel like it's, it's, it's always a vibe with me. Always a vibe. If if I get any funny vibes, I'll probably take it easy around you, kind of feel it out. <laughs> so so when you were when you were younger, is that kind of when you got into like fashion and sneakers or was that something that inspired was inspired by like your brother? More more inspired by my brother, for sure, okay. because um I mean, he was a skater growing up. Okay. And- yeah, I think we talked about SBs before when he stopped by the shop. Yeah. So like he was a skater growing up. I wanted to wear what he was wearing, you know, Mm. um, whatever my brother thought was cool. I thought it was dope. And like, you know, none of my friends would rock the same thing. Um, you know, cause our age difference is so different. So it's like, I'm, I'm rocking like some of these different Osiris's or DC's or, um, you know, just skater shoes and, um, with my friends who were a bit just, in the normal of what their parents were buying them, you know, yeah. like, 
yeah, so it was, I, I, I would for sure give it up to my brother for all this, for all this fashion stuff. I mean, he would never pay over retail on anything. But. <laughs> that's just, that's just the old guy mentality, man. That's how I am too. <laughs> yeah. He'll never pay over retail on anything, but he'll always try. And if he gets it, he's hyped. Was he, bo- was he born and raised in Colton as well? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, because you know, Colton is like an hour and a half from anything cool. Right. So when you think LA, you think like high fashion and all that. So how did that get all the way out to influence you guys? Was it really just your brother was in it in the beginning of like streetwear, like with skating and then kind of just transitioned from there? Yeah, I would say from the beginning of streetwear, because I remember him like always having like different Nikes or I mean, Osiris is pretty big. Osiris and like DVS, you know, and like all all those were pretty big uh, uh, from from when I remember. So it's like, um, I mean, the only difference between when I was younger to now was that like I would rock a pair till they're dead, dead, and then go buy a new pair. <laughs> now you have a rotation. Yeah, now and yeah, now I have a different pair for each day of the week. Like it's insane. <laughs> um, so your brother started the whole fashion thing with you, and you just kind of you like what took it to like a whole other level. When when did you realize that, like? this is kind of like not necessarily an addiction, but just something that you were really passionate about. Um, probably after I went on those Yeezys. <laughs> yeah. Cause so, um, you're, so it's relatively new to you then. In yeah. A it's, sense. Yeah. It's, it's pretty new to me. Um, I like, I got gifted a pair of ultra boost, um, from one of my employees back in like maybe like 2014. And, mm-hmm those shoes changed my life. Like those things were comfy as hell. I, I like, I was like, man, I thought I knew what comfort was until I put those shoes on and mm. those ultra boosts. Like I, I, I rocked those till those died pretty much. And then kept on, then kept on either getting another pair of ultra boosts. Dude. I mean, I was super fresh into it. So I got gifted a pair of like black 1.0s. Right. Yeah. And then, and then 2.0s came out. No, sorry. 2.0s came out. I bought another pair and then I saw how it sold out so quick. Mm-hmm. So then I was like 3.0s. I was like, man, like, you know, I got a little bit of money. I was like, I'm just going to buy a bunch of pairs because I like, it's going to sell out just like the 2.0s. Right. Dude, I bought a full size run from eight to, to 12 <laughs> and Jeez. like one or two pairs of each. I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to make like just a little bit of money. Like not like crazy, but um, yeah, bought those pairs and then, you know, they were still in stock. I was like, damn it. <laughs> they're all gone now though right i mean i I would still go out and buy a pair of 1.0s or 2.0s even yeah i did i did you see those 1.0s whites just re-released yeah i saw that i saw that i you know what's funny about that shoe is that i think that's one of the first ultra boost i remember and you know who i saw wearing it just take a guess of who i saw wearing it that made me actually like the shoe that you saw wearing it yeah i saw i saw a celebrity wearing it and it just like turned me onto that shoe so much that I just couldn't stop thinking about that actual like triple white with the black sole. Oh man. Oh no. It's um, not Kanye. I was going to say Kanye at first, but I was like, it can't be that, that easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't pay people, people that know me well, they know that I don't pay over retail for pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. But one year uh, my wife wanted to go to the Justin Bieber concert and 
I paid over retail. I don't even want to say how much, but I paid over retail to get nosebleed tickets to watch Justin Bieber Oof. at the Staples Center. And he was rocking the triple white ultra boost. And I seen it like I was all the way up in the stands, but I could just yeah. see they were, that. They the were silhouette, shining. Yeah. The, the, the shape of the shoe. And like, I mean, I don't know about, if anyone's gone to a Justin Bieber concert, but this guy is like insane. Like I'm, I'm actually, I validated my over re- retail purchase for those tickets because he's just an amazing performer, man. He was, yeah. You know, he was doing everything, playing instruments, jumping up and down the stage, like dancing in water. He went on this big old trampoline over the crowd. Like it was a memorable concert, but I remember like seeing that was, I think that was the first time I seen that triple white ultra boost. And I was just like, man, that shit is so dope. And then, yeah, yeah, I kind of went out and got a couple. I've had a few, just a few. I've had a similar experience with that. Um, I bought um my girl tickets for mother's day for uh, a justin bieber or sorry not just justin timberlake uh concert and mm. we got uh we got like pretty much by the pit and um the un- those union jordans just came out uh and um i was the black toe or the uh the black toe yeah and i was uh i was looking at them on pictures i was like uh like i'm not a big jordan like like jordan one fan like the one jordan one fan or the one jordan one that i wanted was probably the off-whites the chicago one off-whites you know Mm -hmm. but other than that like they they didn't really stand out to me that much but um you know watching watching justin timberlake i noticed he was changing like shoes and right when he walked in front of us he was wearing those those union ones i was like damn I was like, that was probably my first time seeing in person too. Like those, that, those shoes in person. I was like, yo, those are fucking sick. Uh, I like, and I was like, I think probably the next day after that, like I couldn't get out of my head. I went to go look up prices, but I, 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 I stopped. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't go for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they were hovering like around a grand, like right after yeah. the release. It was crazy. Yeah, it was a lot, man. So then I was just like, Ooh, probably not. <laughs> It's it's crazy now, like how sneakers or how celebrities influence fashion so much. I, I mean, that's always been a thing, but now it's like almost a guarantee, right? If you put the right pair of shoes on the right, you know, artist or someone that has the right following, it's like Price it's a wrap. Like yeah, like Travis Scott or you know, uh, basically anything anyone related to Kanye, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's. I just remember like back in the days, it was all about like the sports you know, the sports player, like Andre Agassi, David Robinson, Scottie Pippen, obviously Michael Jordan, like anything you see them wearing, you want to like emulate it. But part of it was two parts. It was because you wanted to um, be like them. Yeah. Their style was like so fresh back then, but a big part of it was that you felt like you could perform well, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know, air tech challenge, Andre Agassi, you just felt like you just had all the attitude on the court and you could just, smash a tennis ball or you, you know dunk, that person dunk basketball. exactly I, yeah. I remember when i had the reebok pumps i used to pump them up like so tight and think that i could dunk the ball you know and i was probably only like five feet tall yeah yeah and it just it gave you that confidence but now when you look at it it's more you know swag like i like if you got the union jordan ones like i'm sure you wouldn't go around dancing like justin timberlake yeah you know and i never tried it, dancing in ultra boost but it like <laughs> gives you that confidence of like I mean, That's, like, like same thing of like people wearing high end stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, like 
going around like for a girl like going around with that louis that first louis purse you know what i mean yeah it's like it's like it's just uh it it makes you feel like a celebrity almost yeah you, you kind of get you get to live that life for a second yeah for yeah. a little bit um let me ba- let me back up a little bit so we kind of jumped we jumped from you know young christian to you know almost current so in between like as far as fashion and 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 things like that go what was your middle years like like before the ultra boost like were you just plain like i was a punk bands and stuff i was like a punk kid pretty much okay. like uh like mu- music wise or fashion or both both so it was okay. like uh i mean i was one of those guys that wore nothing but black and uh <laughs> I probably had the same pair of shoes that I would run with for, for a while. Like, uh, I think I got my first pair of Vans in 2012. So I was still rocking like skater shoes and I was still, you know, like Osiris high tops. Like I think my one favorite pair were these Osiris high tops that were black and red, but the black was a black duct tape. And like, I rocked those until my foot came out the bottom. (laughs) And then, um, once I started like working more, it was like, I just going for more, just, I guess I would just pick a shoe and then just wait for them to die pretty much. Um, yeah, dude, I was, I was pretty simple. I was pretty simple. Like people, people who knew me back then, like I have way more color now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen you wear black, at least not recently. Yeah. Yeah. No, black pants, black t-shirt or gray t-shirt. That's where it was. Yeah. At. I yeah. mean, it's still not bad. It's still not a bad fit, man. I, I, I rock a lot of black just because it goes with everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, so tell me a little bit about that stage in your life. So you were simple, right? You didn't really focus on, you know, fashion that much, but what, what were you more focused on during this time and, and about how old were you during this period? Um, uh, how old was I when I was like more simple? Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I would say like nineteen. Okay, I'm, so I'm you're, twenty-seven you're, now. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, so late late teens. Yeah. Early early twenties. You were who were you at the time? Like, what were you focused on? Having fun. Yeah. Did, <laughs> Having were fun. You, were you working? Were you in college at the time? Uh, yeah, I was in college. You know, trying to figure myself out what I wanted to do. Um pretty much from 18 to 20 and okay. um and like right when i turned 21 um you know some unfortunate things happened and i felt like pretty much i just had to like step up and just start making money so i stopped going to school mm-hmm. um yeah it just start, it, it really started probably like at 20 cuz that's when i first got hired at esig oh okay yeah so you were hired on, so the vape vaping was a thing at that time. I don't really remember, but yeah, I guess you're right. Around eight years ago, that was kind of the beginning of it, right? Yeah, that was like the baby stages of it. Uh, like people, I I think when when I started going to Esig, I mean those guys were in it for already two years, so it was really small. But um, yeah, like twenty to twenty one. My from when I was twenty to twenty one like vaping blew up like crazy. And so you were just a regular employee at like one of the locations. Was it the one in Riverside or was it a different one at the time? 
It was Riverside, yeah. Like Riverside okay. just opened up uh, back in 2000, like end of 2012, beginning of 2013. Okay. And I probably stepped foot in that store maybe like a month after they opened. Was this your first job or did you have like jobs previous prior to this? Um, I had two jobs pr- uh, previous to this. Uh, my first job was uh, I was a ref at an airsoft field. And, oh, cool. Um, that was owned by a mutual friend of uh, of uh, mine and uh, of mine and his uh, mine and him and I got a job there at fifteen. Whoa! And was that something you were into? Is that how you got the job, or did you get the job and then you became into it? No, I was uh, I was into it. So me and um, my friend Angelo, he's the one that pretty much introduced me to airsoft, mm-hmm. and it was um, his friend. Um, John that owned it and then got me a job there because uh, you know I, I mean right at 15 it was like 15 and a half you're able to look for a job but they just you know they have like certain limitations on how to work you right right yeah so um, since then I got a job there helped them you know like kind of build I mean I didn't do much on building it but like helping them paint it and decorate it and all that stuff like I started with them from like day one pretty much Oh, when they started the business. Yeah, when they started it. So I was working with them for about like three, four years. Okay. So you, you kind of had a good look into the, the beginning stages of running a business and setting up a business and that type of stuff. Yeah, ish. I mean, I was still like, I like I got to see the whole like game plan of how they're going to treat employees after me. You, does that make sense? Like I was like their test. Got and, it. Like, okay. So pretty much like building that structure. Like I got to see all that get built, which was That's dope. That's cool. Yeah. That's dope. And then after Airsoft, so you were there for five years, you said? Or like like three or four years. Three, yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then and then why did you leave the Airsoft industry? Um they were reaching like a slower point in their business. Um mm-hmm. so they I was pretty much like kind of like furloughed at the time. And mm-hmm. then um and then I needed money, so I ended up finding another job. Um I got a job as a personal assistant for um, this chick, which was one of my friend's friends. And um, that was cool. I mean, it was a personal assistant for like a pyramid scheme, but. (laughs) (laughs) I think everyone has, has a similar story to that at some point. It was, it was like, yeah, it was, it was cool. It was something new. Um, This was the first time anyone's really left me in charge of someone's child. Um, because mm. I would pick him up from school, take him home, um, feed him, uh, help him do his homework, and then take him to basketball practice. And dude, this little kid, he was like, he was maybe like eight years old. <laughs> Craziest baller I've ever met, man. Like this kid, like he he went out to Anaheim for uh, for practice with uh, with one of these uh, coaches, and um and then his dad would meet me over there to pick him up and take him home, but um. I've I've never seen like 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 basketball for me wasn't really that big of a thing, but it was like a seven year old kid with weights doing bunch of drills, and like he was getting worked like he was an adult, like man, and but like dude, I hit every shot. I've watched a couple of games with him, and he was like just insane. So I mean that was a cool experience for me, and that was probably the first time I've ever really got to learn about you know, basketball and some of the shoes and like all that stuff. That's, that's an interesting way to kind of get into it. huh? Yeah, dude, this little kid, he was all about it. And I was like, dude, you're insane. I was like, you're seven years old. How? 
Right. With a lot of passion at that age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll you'll see that too with with uh, Noah as he gets older. Like he'll he'll start to just become obsessed with things. I think that's I'm, part of. Dude, I'm so up, excited. You know? Yeah, I'm yeah. so excited. I hope he's into shoes because he's set till he's like ten right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Noah, Noah was kind of in the same boat. I started buying shoes for Jasmine when she was younger, mm-hmm. and then her her whole Jordan collection basically got passed over to Noah. You know, with the exception of like I had some like pink Jordan sixes and you know some random girl shoes, but yeah, for the most part, you know, all all of his all of her heat he inherited and then yeah ended up beating up. So those are all beat, but yep. It's crazy how how kids just fall in your footsteps to a certain extent, and then they kind of have their own twist, kind of like your brother, right? Like your brother influenced you, you know, with skating and and probably the music you listened to and the style, and then you kind of took it into a whole different whole different direction. Yep. So then, all right. So then, where are you at now? So how did so how did the whole transition to eSig happen? Um. It's actually kind of a funny story because I was only going there as a customer and um, I just pretty much lost that job as a personal assistant and I was still going to school. Mm -hmm. So I would go to school, hit up the shop because they were like super cool guys um, and, you know, they had so much knowledge into vape and I was super interested because I was just starting off. And um, so like I would go there. I mean, they would let me do my homework there and just like chill there. And um I saw like they were starting to get busy. So I started like kind of helping customers as like they were waiting for, you know, to get helped. Um, I kind of like helped some customers little, just like a little bit here and there. Only if I saw like the three guys that were there were busy, I would try to take over and, and like at least just try to help someone. Or if I didn't know anything, I was like, okay, he'll just get with you in a sec, you know? Um, just out of being just out of being a homie right like yeah pretty much yeah just just you know trying to help them and next thing you know like uh every time a customer was waiting they started asking me more and more to help um and then i was like cool like this is dope like it's it's, it's nothing i'm just talking to someone about a hobby of mine you know <laughs> uh and then uh this this i had this one customer he would come he would come every week like clockwork and uh uh, it was it probably got into like a month of me like i was just like there like all the time and he was like are they still like are you still not working for them i was like no i'm just helping them out like they're good people and then he goes up to one of the owners he's like why don't you just hire this kid like he you know he knows his stuff (laughs) and then that same night they asked me if i wanted a job and they're like um in the beginning they're they're like uh they're like you know like we're not making enough to really be able to pay you but like if you're down like i it's only going to take us a month to really get get going and 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 be able to like you know like get you paid i was like i was like bro don't even worry about it like i like it it wasn't a job to me you know right and then you're just um, helping friends out yeah at that point and then um yeah man i've been there ever since so and and how long again? How long were they open at this point when you started helping out? Uh, they were probably open for maybe four months tops. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So very again, kind of in the very beginning stages of of running the business. Yeah, and I was one of those customers that just asked a bunch of questions. Yeah, and like now, you know, is, how did you get into vaping? Was that something you just you know were 
got introduced to from your friends or my brother <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a co- common theme huh yeah my brother that's, for that's sure dope. like uh uh i mean i was 18 at the time already so you know he was oh, i mean before i turned 18 he was like you know smoking hookah with his friends mm-hmm. and uh they would always like come by work on like their cars sometimes and just like chill out smoke hookah play the guitar whatever um and you know, before I mean, when I was under eighteen, I would just have to, to like go outside, see them doing it, and walk back in. You know, but um, right when I turned eighteen, um, I had some friends that were smoking hookah already. Um, I but they were smoking hookah because like it's normal for them. They're they're uh they're Lebanese, so like smoking hookah oh, is yeah. kind of like a normal thing. Yeah. Um, so then after I got introduced to that, and then I was eighteen years old, and then I got my first hookah, and then my brother's like, "Yo, check this out. It's like a." digital yeah it's like a digital thing and i was like what the heck cool and then i kind of like looked into it and then i bought my first one um and then i started noticing there was like like you could mod stuff and i was like what and then um yeah started getting into like these rebuildables to get more vapor to get like the big cloud to get better flavor and i was just like yo this is like nuts it's like it's like a car but in a vape pen yeah but in a vape pen i mean this was like super fresh too so that like there wasn't like i mean it was really new so it was just a bunch of forums you know yeah um and then um yeah like my mom one time like told me she's like hey did you see that new store off university it's called it's called e-sig city i was like what the hell i was like like c-sig yeah yeah she was like it's called like e-sig city i was like what the heck is like the place is probably whack i was like what the heck i was like what kind of name is e-sig city (laughs) <laughs> and then um i drive down there one time and they just had like everything that i was looking on online and i was like yo this place is like dope and yeah yeah i took all my friends there that like was interested into like what i was doing and then um yeah it's pretty much how it started so when you started like when you got the job right when they offered you a position to work there basically for free for a little bit what was going through your mind was it like there's did you see some type of opportunity there or were you genuinely just doing it just to help out and you had nothing else? Like where was your income coming from at that time? Um, I mean, I, I, I just lost that personal assistant job maybe mm-hmm. three weeks before I started going there. And then I got that job. What? Like maybe like three months after. Um, okay. So really I was just chilling. Like I, yeah, I, in I didn't, between. Yeah, I was just in between. I, really, I was just like, you know, just hanging out with friends, not doing much to really have to like go out. I mean, it was simpler times back then too. I mean, we didn't have. I mean, I it was didn't optional, have, optional. Yeah, was yeah. Like, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't have much stuff that I, I like needed to spend much to go out. You know, it's not like I'm going to a bar and I have to spend all this money on alcohol or food. So it's just like it's you know, um. So yeah, I was just literally just keeping it still like as a kid, and in the beginning it was honestly just me just helping out as a, as a friend. And then, um, I think once I started getting into it all and being around the owners there was when really, I think like a business like mine started coming in. Cause like I got pretty much, I got coached by them and, and to me right now, those are like my mentors, you know? And, Mm -hmm. um, it's it's crazy the amount that I've learned and thinking now to who I was before, like if I had that mindset and 
obviously more income, like what could I have done from then to now? You know what I mean? Right. Right. So yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty insane. So you're, so you're working at eSig and then you start to, they finally get to pay you at some point, I'm guessing. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, so, so what happens at that point? So you're, you're, you're learning the business, you're learning from your mentors, you're interacting with customers, and then now you start to make money in this industry that's, that's still relatively new. Yeah. Um, so w- what do you do then? Oh, and it cut out again, huh? Yo, can you hear me? Yo, can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it kind of got cut off again. Interesting. Yeah, no, I saw that. We're, we're back. <laughs> Say it one more time. Take two. Um, yeah, so at this point, you, you've got the position there. You know, you're starting to make money in this new industry. What what happens next? Um. For me, I mean, it was never a job. So, I mean, in the beginning, it was never in the beginning, it was never a job. And, um, (laughs) you know, like I was hyped. I was getting paid on something that I fortunately was able to think that it was nothing, you know. Um, So during that time, you know, I was going to school and working there pretty much any chance that I could because I didn't have anything else really holding me back. Um, I was just going hard, man. And like it, it, it was insane to think on how hard I was going, uh, how hard I was, I was going, but I got to see the industry really bloom from there. And like, it was, it was, it was insane. When you say going hard, were you putting in like a lot of work at the shop? Were you doing things outside the shop to kind of help the business or? Pretty much going hard working and helping them build and doing whatever they needed. Okay. Yeah. So like lo- like logistics, not just custom. You weren't just customer service, like trying to close people on mods and stuff. You were doing kind of behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, I was doing a little bit of behind the scenes stuff. Like I had, I had a lot of influence on what they were buying um, because I was super into it. So, you know, like every second that I had online or on my phone, um, looking at stuff or seeing what all these new people, what these people are posting, and it's like, what is that? And like, I need one of those, you know. Yeah. Um, so, like, uh, I mean, they they had all the knowledge themselves, but I I, I think. Uh, as the industry was growing, like it was becoming like new things were coming out more than iPhones were coming out, you know? Right. And it's and, hard for them. It's hard for them. They probably had a lot of things going on. It's hard for them to stay connected with that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so you were kind of that, you were bridging that gap between, you know, them having to run the high level stuff and then you being in tune with the culture, I guess you could say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. So we're, during this time, when you say, you know, people were posting stuff, this is all internet forums or was this um, Instagram and Facebook? It, and It was internet forums and Facebook groups. And then okay. it slowly started, like once it started getting really, really big, like you started seeing all these Instagrams pop up out of nowhere. Okay. Yeah. Because um, probably like after my first year, like Instagram was really beginning to be like that pretty much like the new ad system for everything, you know? Right. 
Um, so like it was like really fresh into that. People were like experimenting all over the place. What really people wanted to see, um, how businesses should be really using Instagram in a sense, um, mm-hmm. and and stuff like that. So it was like super super fresh. Um, like I, I, like again, these guys were a little bit older than me. I would probably say like 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 a six year gap so since i was younger i was able to like kind of just like be more of an informant on that stuff too as it was growing but i was like more in tuned with it you know it's kind of like that fresh aspect that different that different look into things Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah i know I, i oftentimes when i'm pondering an idea you know whether it's related to cars or shoes or whatever business i'll always hit up my little brother he's about man i don't yeah, he's about a little over 10 years younger than me. Uh-huh. Um, but he just has a different look on things. Yeah. He has a different style. He has a little bit different of a vibe. So I always hit him up just so that, you know, I don't want to be that old guy that puts out old news, you know? Like yeah. I kind of want to always have that fresh, that different look. So I think that's that's key, especially you being the younger guy and the newer newer to the industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that that transpired so all right everyone so needs you're, everyone needs a person that does that man everybody yeah it's it it definitely it definitely keeps things fresh mm-hmm. that's really important um okay so you're you're working with them and things are i'm assuming business is getting better right yeah. and then and so at what point because now you own the location right i I, yeah, I got gifted ownership. Man, I don't know what year it was, but it's like I, I got I got gifted ownership maybe like on my going on to my third year there. Okay. And so then um yeah, so before, like from prior ahead, to that, were you were you managing the location prior to that already? I was yeah, I was I, yeah, I was managing the location after my first year. Yeah. Okay, so you worked for them for free for a little bit and they said, Hey, we like this dude, we'll start paying him. Right. And then obviously you move up into manager because you you're you've developed the skills to do that. Yeah. And then by the third year they just hit you up and said, Hey, happy birthday. Like Yeah, kind <laughs> kind of. Like one of the one of the OG uh one of the OG owners um wanted to get out. Mm-hmm. Um and then um yeah, they ended up they ended up buying him out and then gifted me and two others. Wow. Yeah. And so, those are different different locations or uh no, just for just for Riverside. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It was That's it's crazy. it's pretty insane. Like truly blessed, like for sure. Cause I I I don't know I don't know if anyone else has a story like this or if anyone has something that comes close, but I am definitely lucky to be able to learn from these guys and to be gifted something I had no original investment in. Right. That's, that's, that's huge. I mean, that's probably, I mean, I, I don't, you can't really call it luck because you, you earned your keep. They wouldn't have gifted to you if they didn't think you were qualified, you know, to do it, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you, you had to have a high level of work ethic and, you know, a lot of dedication that they saw probably from the get go. I mean, obviously you worked there for free, Yeah. right? Now you own the business. I mean, there's, there's a lot that went on in between. It didn't happen just, you know. Cause you got lucky. Yeah, no, definitely. That's, that's great. So what, so what was going through your mind? Like, did you have an idea that that was going to happen or did you just get a call one day and be like, yo, here no, you go. They just called us in. 
and we had a meeting and I thought I fucked up on something. <laughs> and next thing you know, they say that I'm like, dude, are you serious? Wow. Like, cause like I, I, I know the amount of traffic that was going on, you know what I mean? And like, I was just like, no, like no way, no way. I, I, right. I this, I would never expect this at all. So there was an upswing at the time then it sounds like. Yeah. It, it was insane, man. Like probably from that, like 2015 to like 17, mm-hmm. it's like everybody was vaping and I, I, you, you've walked into that, in, into that shop before, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, I've been there a few times. Okay. So I, I, it's just kind of visit. like a, kind of like a bar setup, right? So yeah, it's like yeah. you kind of come up to the bar. So picture that bar full with like, four or five employees behind that bar with four layers behind it. Jeez. Like it, like it was, it was like a club and I had music blaring to try to get us to work faster and try to get the customers out as quick as we could. And like, it was just a vibe. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's really cool, man. I think, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure our listeners have, haven't ever really heard a story like that where, you know, you're working there for free and then now you're running the place. Yeah. Um, Did you have to invest any money at that point? Like, or did they just say, here's the keys to the store chores? Um, No, I didn't have to invest in much, but I did have to take way more responsibility. Um, Yeah. You know, I mean, I've, I've always treated it to like, not try not to mess up, you know, any of the owners or put them in any position. So I, I, I mean, I, at the time I didn't know what, like how much could really fall back on them, you know? Um, but after going through it all or after going through it all and, and really learning or really learning it over the time, like I was like, you know, like I, I, like I have these guys back, I'm going to treat it as my own, as if it would be, as if it would be me in their position. Right. And, um, yeah. Cause like, you know, I mean, you, you think of a business, you think, you know, like, or someone says they're a business owner, you don't really see how they could really get messed up in that situation. Cause you're, you're risking it all. Right. You know, everything's and, on the line. Yeah. And, and, and uh, there's some people that don't understand that. And it's like, uh, you know, for, for someone to start up a business, like I commend them and, you know, and cause that's a big jump. You could make it or break it and you could, you know, you could dig yourself in a really big hole. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're doing the numbers that you guys were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, when you took over, you know, what was your, what was your first thing? So did, were you going to school for this? Or? No, I, I was actually going to school to, I, I, I just made the decision that I wanted to be like, um, like service admin or a server admin, um, just okay. like, like IT in the tech field. Yeah. yeah. In the tech field, you know, and, um, uh, you know, some un- unfortunate events with like my mom, she had to get laid off and then she had to go disability. And, mm. um, you know, s- since then I was just like, like, you know, I got, I gotta, I gotta make it, I gotta make ends meet for both of us. Right. right. You know? And, um, yeah, dude, like I, I took over, I took over payments on my, on my mom's house at 23. Wow. Yeah. So after that, 
you know, my, I mean, my brother was getting to an age where it's like, he needs to worry about, you know, building a family and doing his own thing. So I was just like, at the time I didn't have much bills. Um, I was getting paid good. And mm -hmm. I was like, mom, I'll give you like half my check. Um, like, I was like, I don't need much. I just need a little bit to, you know, go out or have some food and I'm straight. And it was, it was just you at this time, right? There was no Noah yet. There was no, yeah, it was just me at the time. There was no Noah yet. So I had some, uh, yeah, I, I had, I had nothing I really had to pay for. Yeah. So you, you just really wanted to give back and, and take care of your mom. Yeah. Cause it was, I know it was really hard for her to even have to talk about that with her kids, you know? Right. Right. It's never easy. Yeah. Uh, that's that's awesome, man. So I mean, I guess that that selfless selfless like act of you just saying, you know what, I don't, I don't, I don't need the money. Like I'm gonna give it to my mom and make sure she's okay. Like you kind of got paid back, right? In a sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's cool, man. That's a good. That's that's definitely cool. I, I never knew that. Um, so you so you you take over the business. Obviously, now you're in charge. How was that transition between being an employee? You know, managing was it was it pretty much the same? Just you know, little little formalities here and there. Like you were nah, already running the place, right? It was hard for me, man, because I was like an, a regular employee, but I was the youngest person there. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, because you said you were 23 when you took over, or no, I was 23 when I took over at my mom's house and I started there when I was 20. So I was like, I couldn't even drink with them when they would pop up a beer <laughs> at the end of the night, you know, yeah. choosing a successful day, you know? And like, um, I mean, this is when smoking age was still 18, but, uh, uh, yeah, I was the youngest one there when they asked me to be a manager. It was hard because we hired other employees, which I've, which I pretty much trained. Right. Yeah. Um, but I saw them all as my older brothers, man. And it was hard for me to get into it's 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 hard for me to tell my older brothers what to do you right. know and uh you know uh, like you know growing up like i've always respected my brother and would never try to boss him around and do anything so it's like like i i came into this this pit right away where it's like how am i going to get through these guys to right. take me serious because i'm for one i'm a, i'm a younger i'm a younger cat and two it's like, I don't feel right trying to tell them to do stuff, you know? Right. Um, yeah, that was tough, man. And at one point, I it got it got bad that like I had it forced me to 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 make a decision to like, you know, like I called everyone for a meeting. I was like, yo, I was like, we're all meeting at the shop. No owners. It's just going to be me and you guys. Right. And. I just broke it down. Like I, I was honest, I was honest with them. And, you know, I, I think that went a long way. Um, Cause I was honest with them. I was like, yo, I was like, you know, I'm the manager now. I am pretty much your guys's boss, but it's like, you know, we've known each other for, for some time and we work with each other a lot that we like, we got all really close. And I was like, I'll, I'll tell you right now, it's, it's really hard to, try to tell you guys to do anything because I see you guys as my older brothers, but there's like stuff that needs to get done. And if I say it, like it kind of needs to go on, you know? And like, I, like pretty much I, I kind of just like put my foot down and it's like, you know, you guys got to remember, like there's so many people that were, are dying to work here right now because yeah. there's, it's, 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 
an it's easy tough to find a job. Yeah. Well, yeah. not not that. Not only that, but it's like you to get paid to work at a vape shop was like crazy yeah. because it's a new <laughs> industry. It's really hype, and it's like it's it's you're you're talking about something that you're doing already. You know. Right. Um. So like like it was like super easy. So then like uh, like as soon as I told them that like everyone kind of like snapped into place. And that's like, cool. Do, do you think it was the, the fact that you just had a meeting to kind of realign the crew or do you think it was like your honesty? Like you basically put your heart on the table and said, yo, you know, we're kind of all in this together. You know, I just need you guys to act right. I, I, I think it was both. Cause yeah. I had to pretty much show them that, you know, I'm not here just to boss you around just to be a boss. Like I'm here to listen to you and I'm here to help you. And if, you know, if I'm telling you guys, like, I see you as my brothers, like you guys are my family right now, you know? Right. So I, I, I think like that, like set off even a great relationship that I've had with every single person there. And it's like, since that day, it's like, we always had each other's backs, you know? And, um, that was the first for me and I've never felt that. So I mean, I, I've never felt that with a, with a group of people that I've haven't known for that long, you know? Right. Right. So yeah, since then, like it was just, it was just ongoing, man. We were, we were all going so hard and we all knew how each other, we all knew how each other were. We all knew how we, how we could bounce off each other for some sales. We knew how, Mm -hmm. like, like it was, it was a dream team to me, man. That's cool. And and is that team still intact or has it kind of changed a little bit through the years? It's changed through the years, um, you know, because not everyone could be at a vape shop their whole life. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, you know, some people finished school. Uh, some people left to go to school. Um, but we still have some like some like key players that are still there, which I'm super grateful for because, you know, I, 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 I people at the vape shop, everyone that's working there has at least been with me two years plus. Mm. and um that's good that that sounds like a pretty pretty decent amount of time it, yeah it's solid man I, I i feel like it's so solid that like we are not afraid to say anything to each other you know what i mean yeah so i think that's like that plays in a key a really big key factor of that of that success that's cool and and so what were some of the like when you took over obviously it's your show now so i know you guys have like a big online presence was that something that was started prior or is this something that you kind of built because i know we talked a little bit before i think you were giving me some advice about social media marketing and you know things we could do to kind of improve the website things like that um is this stuff that you just kind of learned from being around it and Uh, and yeah what made you make that decision and when so um, you know, as a collective with the other, with original owners and stuff, um, we knew that we wanted to do an online presence. Um, and, you know, making that jump was, was like hard because we were also new to it. None of us had much knowledge. And then, um, you know, we, we hired a, a pretty much online manager and he helped us build it from ground zero and he had the knowledge and we learned from him and pretty much him like learning new things to build it. And, um, 
after that, like I, I we've had like two, no, sorry, three in total of like online, pretty much online managers. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was really going through it, man. Um, luckily, you know, since we were like one of the early people in the game for the vape industry, we had so many connections and, and, you know, taking little bits of what everyone was doing and how the conversation was going about online stuff. Like we took little bits, tried it out. I mean, that that's the whole like great thing about owning your own thing is like you get to try anything and everything and right. see what if works. It, if you know? it works, it works. If not. Yeah. If not, it's on to the next one, you know? Um, so learning about like SEO, learning about like Google AdWords, learning about, you know, all these things that we had to do, like it, it, it it was a trek, but super worth it. It sounds like you weren't, I can't really, I can't tell from your voice a time where you seem not confident about it. It seems like you just kind of went boom, 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 all the way through and just, you weren't scared to take any risks. You just kind of went with everything. And so is that, is that kind of accurate? Yeah, no, that's pretty accurate. Cause there was a, um, I'm not going to put his name out there cause he's kind of a private person, but I call him dad. And, um, uh, he is the backbone of Isig and, uh, him like, this is like the craziest, one of the craziest businessmen I've ever met. Like he is one of those guys that will pull stuff out of a hat and get a deal, but like really being around him almost 24 seven pretty much made me the business man that I am today. So it's so like, was it was kind of like your mentor. Yeah. Yeah. He was like the biggest one. And, you know, the, the, some of the people that I've met through him, you know, some of the hardships that we've went through that I've went through with him, like it was, uh, he, he was mainly the one calling the shots and I got to learn everything. Wow. And, um, what about, so what about your family life? So this, so in, you're already running this business and then Noah comes out of nowhere. And then now you're a father running a business. Was this like, walk me through that timeline. Was this during the time when you were taking over or is this after um, already? It was already after. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was already after. Um, Cause right when, I started dating um, Kate. Um, I was probably like, like, uh, like another three years already of being an owner and kind of going through the works of like, you know, if there's work that needs to get done, we're doing it, you know, and, um, and, and going to these late night meetings or going to these warehouses and, and getting product. And, um, you know, um, I mean, a big part of my job was, that product that came in to get up on, you know, our Instagram to get it up on our displays, get the prices for it, you know, get the guy's knowledge on it, get, get the device or whatever it was in each other and all my guys' hands. So we all had the knowledge on it. Cause that's like, I think uh, our store was really, was really big for our, our great knowledge of everything that was coming out, you know? Right. Right. Um, that and, we're not pushy, man. If it's something that works out for you, like it's going to work out for you. You know, I'm, I'm not going to shove any type of product down your throat and hopes that you buy it. Um, and I, I just feel like we're all just like, we, we were all just real people, you know? So, 
Um, that goes yeah. a, that goes a long way. <laughs> yeah, it definitely, and that after doing that with my with that own with my own business, like I I, I somewhat judge someone's business on that too. You know, like talk to me as yeah. a person. Don't talk to me like you're trying to sell me. You know, some bullshit. You know, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in the middle of that, like, uh, yeah, I was like, like pretty much an owner for three years and then, and then Noah came around and, um, yeah, just pretty much had a change. (laughs) Yeah. That, that, that was, that was a big change because I was used on working like, you know, being a business owner every hour of the day is a, is a, is a work hour for you, you know? Right. Right. Um, and, and like by going hard, man, like I was like, I, I'd go home like at 5 a.m. and come back at 11 a.m. Jeez. Yeah. And, you know, that was just all the work that like we were putting into this because we believed in it so much. And and we were, you know, just all about it because vaping got so big, man. It's like you're it's like car meets and stuff, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Like the vape shops became the spot to socialize and so yeah socialize talk about the same thing you know talk about the same interests and stuff and like it was it was crazy like the community that was built off that was nuts would you say i'm not too familiar with the scene but would you say that your shop was one of the biggest in the area like i know you guys had a lot of traffic but like i'm trying to paint the picture of like what that culture looked like you know in in riverside along with your shop like, was yeah. that the spot to go where everyone kicked it? I, I remember, I don't know if, I vaguely remember one time going to that spot to get food. I forgot what restaurant, but I remember a bunch of cars being there. Like, it looked like a car meet in that little, that little uh, garage sure, sure. thing. Yeah. yeah. So is that something you guys hosted or? No, it was just like, like, it was crazy because a lot just of people happened. that were vaping were into cars. Yeah. And I've always wanted to throw a car meet there, but I was afraid of someone burning the spot. So... <laughs> Like, um, yeah, like it, it's, it's crazy. Cause a lot, uh, like a lot of my employees or my employees at the time too, were super into cars. So it just clicked in, like you could go there and talk about anything with anyone, man. And right. it was so well, I think it was such a welcoming environment when it came to like literally open ears to everybody. And that's the culture that you created, right? I, I, I would say so. I, I would like to say so just because it's like that's how I told every employee to treat it like act like you're making a friend right now. And right. if they want to buy something, go ahead. But don't force anything down. If it works out for them, dope. And, you know, we just knew how to hype stuff and 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 everything was selling, you know. That's dope. So then, okay, so you have Noah, you're going through this change, obviously, where your schedule is pretty intense to begin with. And then now you're going to throw a newborn into the mix. Like, how did you, how did you manage that? Was it, was it hard at first? I'm sure it was hard, but you know, how quickly do you feel like you kind of put a plan in place between you and Kate to kind of accommodate? Probably like in three months after he was born. That's that's Um, about, sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah. Cause uh, I had to talk with my partners and uh you know it was pretty much like it was like almost like you know kind of skate like i i I was trying to find the happy median for everybody and i didn't want to 
I didn't want to feel like I wasn't doing enough work and not, you know, putting my ends meet up, you know? So like I was, you know, just talking to them and, and seeing, cause obviously they, they had to, you know, pick up a little bit of what I was doing, um, with my, with my partners and, um, yeah, to me, to me at, in the beginning, it really never felt like my schedule never changed because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was up, cause I was up so long all day, you know? And, um, for me, like, uh, like when Noah was born, um, I already knew I was going to stay up all night because like, uh, I, uh, I, like I was super scared when he was born, man. I, I, I had a, uh, I, I had a, a middle brother between me and my, uh, my older brother mm-hmm. and, uh, he passed away from SIDS. So I was like, man, I'm oh. going to be awake every moment he's sleeping, you know? Um, just because I was afraid of something like that happening. And, um, so like at night I was still able to do some work from home and I was mm-hmm. up still which a lot of a lot of the back-end work that we were doing for eSig, i mean since we closed at midnight was mm-hmm. after midnight so um yeah i was up almost like the normal hours that i was already working wow uh, yeah and then it was just you know just kind of just adapting to having the schedule for what would work for kate's work and my work and just like making it work around for everybody and then it worked out so it was, it was good that's cool. It sounds like, you know, every time I talk to you, I'm like, man, your schedule is packed, but it, it, you, you, you seem to make it work for, for all of you guys and you still have time to spend time with each other. Yeah. Which I think it's hard, man. Work-life balance is definitely, it's definitely hard to manage. Like I struggle with it. I've always struggled with it, you know, and life doesn't get any less complicated. Like I, you keep adding things onto your plate as you get older, you know, things happen and, and then you you kind of look back and you're like, wow, how do we even manage all that? That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, like, I will tell anyone that has lives a busy schedule or is a business owner, like you have to have at least some part of your day to do what you want to do for yourself, for your own sanity. Yeah. Like free time, right? Yeah. Like, like whether if it's 30 minutes a day or an hour a day, like if it's your time, like make it your time. Like, like I was telling one of my employees maybe like a year ago when Noah was first born, I'm like, bro, you know what I would give to just be able to sit on my couch or lay in my bed and watch TV <laughs> for like 30 minutes or do nothing. I can't remember the last time I did that. You, yeah, you know what I mean though? And it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's funny because like, you know, I'm at the time I was like 25 and I'm having some employees that are talking to me that are 21 and 20 and like are talking about like they have so much going on right now. I'm like, bro, it's like, you're always going to have so much going on right now. Yeah. You know? And it's just like, it's, it's like time management of everything. Like you need to have good time management and like set your plan for what you're going to do either during the day or like, you know, like your, your long-term goal or your short-term goal. And, you know, you could still work on that like every moment that you're awake, but you need to have some of your own time. Right. That's important. Super. I, mean, important. I, I, I take the time out to, I have to be alone. Like when I go on my runs in the morning or my, now recently my bike rides, mm-hmm. just like, if I don't have that, man, your life is so difficult. Not, not that, not that I'm being selfish and like, you know, trying to take time away from my family, but it's really like, that's my time to kind of game plan, think, reflect, you know, be sad, be happy, whatever the case may be, you know, but that 30 minutes to an hour a day, like 
you're right, man. That's that's key. Um, yeah, you know, it's super super crucial to running a busy schedule. Yeah. Um, so on top of okay, so now you're you're running a business. You have a newborn. So tell me about the restaurant. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> Dude, that came up just like we we were thinking about different ways to, you know, because I mean we're getting we were going on like already six years of the vape shop and mm-hmm. we were just like thinking about like yo like what else can we do man you know but what made you want to do something else on top of like it's most people at that point would be set like i got a business i got a kid we're doing cool it's a big industry it's booming like was there well six what, six six years later after it's starting like mm-hmm. you know fda laws started coming up more and um, you know, cause, cause they, they started seeing this industry as a force to be reckoned with, especially big tobacco, you know, right. and like big tobacco sales are going down cause so many people are vaping and like, like so many people are getting off cigarettes and it's like, you know, it, it was, it, it's always been to help someone quit right. tobacco, you know? And like, uh, so after that and, and, you know, big tobacco was, you know, trying to get trying to get us to really get down and the states you know uh you know trying to get more money off taxes and all this stuff uh it was kind of unknown of how much longer the industry the industry could last right okay that makes sense yeah so just kind of planning ahead yeah just pretty much planning ahead um one of our good friends of ours um has a vape shop and a restaurant literally side by side to each other and uh it happens that the Thai restaurant two doors down from our store um, was selling. Mm. And we were just like, yo, let's just go hit up our friend, see if he's willing to like, kind of like franchise out to us and let's like, let's do it. Okay. So there was already, is there, there was already another, um, another Genkiaki? Yeah. The original ones in Lakewood. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, we hit him up and he was down. And the journey started there, man. Like, uh, um, you know, meeting so many people through the vape shop and stuff and, you know, finding people that we trusted. We ended up hiring some people that, you know, originally wanted to do a restaurant of like their own in a sense. And, um, you know, they were down to like help us start one. And what's the best, like, you know, uh, experience they could get by starting something from ground zero, you know? Right. I I think that's really dope. Like you just, they, they kind of complement each other, right? They're both open pretty late. They both cater to the younger crowd. You're right by, you know, a major college, um, with that just happens to have the demographic of like the food and the, the lifestyle that you're kind of creating in that little plaza. Yeah. It all just made sense. It all just made sense. So, um, once we kind of, you know, sat down and figured out what the, all, all the ins and outs of it and like ran the numbers, um, we're like, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> yeah. And now you're more busy. Yeah. Well, at first, <laughs> at first I had a manager. Um, so I was running that one more remotely. Like I didn't really touch much of inside. Um, mm-hmm. I was running that one more, more, a bit more remotely and, and, you know, just making the calls on like what he should be doing and, and, and everything like that. Cause it's, it's almost the same sense as the vape shop. I mean, as it employs, it's just like, in a different concept, you know? Yeah, exactly. You're dealing more with food and yeah. So like, uh, 
that and I have no age restriction. So <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we could we could like you know try new things and and do all that. But uh, once uh, um, he ha- he left, I pretty much threw myself in the fire to learn everything there. Um, now was was there a lot of so obviously you mentioned you know no age restriction you know it's it's the food industry it's totally different than what you're used to right was mm-hmm. did you find but but at the core of it you're still being a host you're still being hospitable to your clients and your guests yeah um did you find that transition like difficult between managing two completely different businesses yes that's like i couldn't there it got to a point where I couldn't manage the, the, the brick and mortar vape shop anymore um, mm. because it was two different mindsets. Like yeah. the, 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 the restaurant was such a new baby that needed more of my time. I started noticing myself forgetting a lot of the stuff I had to do for the vape shop or letting certain things slide and the vape shop starting to get dirty and all this stuff. And I was like, like, you know, at first I tried, I like, I tried my damn, my damnness to fucking do it all. And, um, and I got, just got to a point where I was like, man, I need to be honest with myself before I fuck something up (laughs) because like, it was just, it was getting, it was getting too much, you know, with having a newborn, um, running a vape shop and then learning, I mean, as it, as in learning everything that that restaurant was doing was pretty much learning, like cooking, being a cashier. Um, you know, I I never cashiered anything for like almost like a fast food joint, you know, um, I kind of knew the back end, but really learning the back end of like what I need to order every week, you know, just like pretty much all, all of that. And, um, wait, so you cook too? Yeah, I cook. I order all the food. I, I do everything there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So even, even at that cooking, man, like uh, I was never a, a cooking type. <laughs> I just yeah, go get some fast food and I'm good. <laughs> right. But yes. I mean, that's, that. it's like you're almost being domesticated outside of your home. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was, it was cool and it was fun because it was, it was something brand new for me. Um, and it was like, I got to use, like after starting to cook there more, I started noticing, noticing myself wanting to cook more at home. Mm. And like, um, yeah, after, after, you know, pretty much, you know, mastering, all of that stuff, I like if even even that was kind of weird because it's like I was going into pretty much that that business with employees that didn't really know me because I was running it remotely. So um right. So again you're kind of back to square one with you with the vape shop almost in a way. Almost in a way. So like I had to like prove my worth with these employees, you know. Um so at that point, once, once I like kind of, uh, you know, we figured everything out for eSig and I kind of relieved myself from all those duties there. Um, again, I was just going back at it hard with now proving myself to the employees that are already there. Um, and, um, you know, showing them that I could keep up and showing them like, I'm not here to mess around, you know? Um, and then I, like after getting that, I mean, the first thing I noticed also was my turnaround of employees are way quicker than the vape shop. Like, right, because food is food, right? Like that's yeah. kind of expected with food. Yeah, food's food's food, and all my employees were college students, so it's right. like um, seasonal almost. Yeah, almost. Yeah, pretty much seasonal. Um, not a lot of them are reliable. Uh, so like weeding throughout people, and you know, finding like keepers, and finding like who was really down for the cause, you know. Um, was uh, 
was a was a real new one for me again too. Plus, I mean, a lot of these guys were eighteen, you know. Yeah. So like, uh, uh, again, like that was probably the first time I've ever felt so old. <laughs> like like at work like right. i i had an employee with a, a birth year of 2000 and i was right. tripping out and they didn't know who brian mcknight was or <laughs> boys to men and i was like what like like dude like i i was tripping out and yeah and then um after like getting all that done um you know it's pretty much just rebuilding what i already knew from from the ESIC side and adapting it to the to the restaurant because it was just totally different right i mean different the insides are different but i think the exterior you know your your sense of you know managing people is very similar just yeah you're managing different people right yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah because each person takes stuff you know totally different and and each person needs to be talked in to a certain way to, to get them to take everything, you know, the, the, the best way that you feel like they can, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So that's, that was also difficult too. Like, so you got, you got this, you got this business going, you got this newborn, uh -huh. you know, and then you have a second business yep. that you're trying to, to move, you know, trying to adapt to. And then is there ever a time where you're just like, man, I'm doing too much. Like, I need to, I need to peel back or what, what, when you get those thoughts in your head, like, what do you do? What do you tell yourself? What's your course of action at that point? Oh man. Um, I mean, it might happen daily, right? <laughs> yeah. There, there was a point where it was like, uh, it was almost questioning like myself of like, if, if this is worth it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, because like, as far as like, as far as money versus time that you're putting in, yeah, or... yeah, as in money versus time that I'm putting in because I felt like, you know, I wasn't getting enough uh, um enough like time with um with my lady. Like we worked opposite schedules all the time and mm -hmm. you know, we never we never really saw each other or hang out with my family or now it's like um, you know, with me being with with Kate, you know, hanging out with her family, so it's like even more time that like I need to like try to make with 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 you know pretty much a bigger family you know right. and um it like those those times were really tough and you know luckily for me i mean what 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 helped me out was again remembering that you need to have that me time and because mm -hmm. like that 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 can be that can be thrown out the door really quick i mean it just it just takes a couple huge things to happen into your business that all of a sudden you're working three months straight and you're like, Oh my God, where did the time go? Right. You know? And like, so it's just like always remembering that. And then, um, you know, speaking like, like don't oversell yourself. If you feel like you can't do something, you need to be honest, especially if you have business partners. Right. You know, like, like you need to be honest with them and, you know, they should have your back because this is a team effort, you know? And like, for me, I guess it was more of a sense of like, like of, of pride that I didn't want to be honest. And I wanted to say I could do it all, but, um, that, that ended up having to like break down and like, really just like, like really not worry about, I guess what they're going to say or how they're going to think, because like, I mean, everyone's doing 
obviously their their share you know right and right. I, and everybody's you know pulling pulling their pulling their their own end and it's like everyone has their own problems but like you just need to kind of like swallow that and and kind of say like what's really going on so we could all as a team work out something that's going to be beneficial for all of us right and i think that's you said a lot of key things too and it also goes with what delegation right so you you had to kind of loosen the reins a little bit on the vape shop to focus more on um, the restaurant. And in doing so, I'm sure you had to lay a lot more trust in the people that were at the vape shop. Like, you know, those are, those are your, that's your team that you built, you know, that you created that culture inside that shop mm-hmm. um, for them to just care. You have to trust that, you know, that they're going to carry that, that on while yeah. you focus on something else. And that, I think as a business owner, like that's one of the hardest things, right? Like, no, for at what sure. Point, at what point can you let go and say, you know, this person at the cash register is going to be just as good as me? Yeah. You know, that's that's super difficult for any business owner in, yeah. in any type of industry. Uh, yeah, it's hard. And it's like it's I think what helped me in that was like, I got to remember that. I mean, for the vape shop, even for doing it for the vape shop at first. Like, you know, I've always been the type of person, if I want it done right, I'm going to do it, you know? <laughs> right, right. And, but so it's like, I just got to remember that it's like, uh, like for me, I was like, dude, like these guys have been through it all with me. And, and like, I have to trust in my gut and like, I, I believed in every single one of them, you know? And I believed in, I believed in all of them to, to do it exactly how I would or, like I, I trusted pretty much their instinct on everything, you know, and like for for me to get to, to actually loosen those reins and give it to them was a big was a really, really big step. But it took so much weight off my shoulders. Yeah. And. Yeah, it was it, it was a really big move. It was a big move. I think that's that's really important. I think, you know, people need to hear that sometimes yeah it's i mean as much as you want to not be busy sometimes being busy is a good thing i mean look look at your you know reflecting back on this past like two hours we've been talking basically like you know you started out just being a kid liking you know your little hobbies and then you you stumbled upon one hobby that led you to a career you know i don't think it doesn't sound like you you were little and you said hey i want to own a business someday it just sounds like you were super passionate about something and then the, the the opportunity was given to you. And that's, I mean, that's wild, but you didn't, it didn't stop there. Right. So you, you got this great opportunity and you did everything you could do to apply yourself, learn from it and then grow. And then now you're onto another opportunity. Yeah. And you're just going to continue that process. Um, and it sounds like you're getting, you're getting the hang of, well, you've had the hang of like being able to balance your life um, inside and outside of the business and still make it work. Like, you know, every time I talk to you, you're like, oh, I'm playing with Noah. I'm like, that's dope. Like every, yeah. at any hour of the day, you know, you you're, you have that flexibility to still spend time with your son and watch him grow and enjoy things. And hopefully someday he starts taking on your sneaker collection and, you know, who knows, who knows yeah. where, 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 where putting him in that position is going to lead him, you know, and your, and your other future children. Yeah. And, and again, with like, you know, being able to, you know, like let go and, and go home and feel like you don't need to be here. That's like a huge thing. Cause it's like, 
another thing that i i thought to myself in my head it's like these guys are never going to learn if they don't mess up either you know right so it's like you know letting that go into your head to to better someone into doing what they love to do or you know where they're working at now it's like you you have to leave that room for error also right man that's really cool um so i guess you know my last question you just kind of answered it you know we 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 talked about you know advice for people that are thinking about opening a business or you know doing their research I mean, really, I think the biggest thing that I take away is the importance of having that me time, right? To be able to kind of refresh yourself. I mean, ties into mental health, right? If you're not mentally capable, if you're too stressed out over everything that's on your plate and you're not taking the proper time to, you know, nourish your own mind, then you're not going to be able to perform no matter how physically able you are mentally, you know, it's definitely going to show. I know that with myself. I mean, we all go through tough times and there's been a lot of tough times and adversity that you've had to go through, you know, as a person, I know even recently, you know, with loss and things like that. I mean, you just keep going, but if you don't take the time out of your day to reflect, I mean, that, that stress and that anger and that pain is just going to continue to build up and you're just not going to be, a very, you know, functional person. Yeah. Even if it gets to that point, I think that's like a big learning point for anyone to know what they're mentally and physically capable of. You know what I mean? Cause it's yeah. like, like sometimes like some people like need to get to that in order to be better, you know? Absolutely. And like, like for, I can't stress enough to like, you know, opening your own business, starting your own business, having your own business is, you know, to put you first also, you know, and like, it'll, it'll pay off. Yes. Something that needs to get done that day, it could probably get done the next day, you know? Right. And, um, and yeah, I, I, I think like my biggest thing that I could tell anyone that is going to start up a business, um, do it with something that you love, man, and do it with something that you could like bury yourself in and be the best at. Because if you do it strictly just for money, like you're gonna kill yourself mentally. You're gonna you're gonna always want to stretch out that extra dollar or or go into a place that you don't want to go into and and build like you know like a like a a, a wrong business model um, when it's like basically just for money. Know what you want. I mean, know what you love and run these, run those numbers. If they make sense, like go for it, man. Don't, don't be afraid to, I I, don't be afraid to jump, but know when to stop also. And just go somewhere and work for free. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, my favorite line is closed mouth. Don't get fed. Like (laughs) that's true. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, you got to say what you want and get it. I, I mean, I think, I think that's, that's so true, man. Like, I love it. Like y- you started from just literally working for free for something that you liked and then just built, you know, built yourself up to where you're at now, which wasn't, doesn't sound like it was the plan to, to begin with, you know, it yeah. just sounded like you took whatever was given to you and you just ran with it like as hard as you could. Yeah. You know, obviously you had a turning point where you felt 
motivated to care for your loved ones and your family, you know, because of those situation. But, you know, that sometimes that's, that's, that's a good turning point, you know, in a sense. Yeah, definitely. And like, I'm truly blessed to be, you know, I'm, I'm truly blessed to call myself a business owner. I'm blessed to work with the people that I'm working with. And, you know, I, I just hope for everyone who has their own thing is able to have the same, like the same, like feeling amongst their partners. If you guys have, if you have partners, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Cause the, those group of people to do like any individual to do business with can be hard because everyone has a different thought pattern on things and how they want to do stuff. And there's a lot of give and take that needs to go on. Right. But that dynamic also helps too. just having the, that difference in opinion and difference in view, mm-hmm. even difference in age, you know, that, yep. that always makes things better as long as you're willing to work with the situation, compromise and, you know, just be open, have that, have that open mind. Yeah, definitely. Cool, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you spending time with us and sharing your story and talking all this nonsense about sneakers and <laughs> and and life and and your advice about business. I think uh, our listeners are gonna, definitely going to get a lot out of it. I I sure did. Um, why don't you close it out and tell everybody your socials where they can find you, your businesses, and all the handles where they can reach you at. Yeah, for sure. My personal one is uh, Mini Me Pogi, M I N I M E P O G I, um, underscore E6 City 4. Um, uh, the main for the website or the main for the store is going to be uh, E6 City 4. And then for the restaurant, it's uh, Genkiyaki underscore Riverside. And it's G E N K I Y A K I underscore Riverside. Awesome. So again, Christian, I appreciate you, you know putting it all out there and, you know, sharing your story. Um, you know, everyone right now, all businesses are going through it with COVID. So if you guys are local to the Riverside area um, or not local, even for eSig, I mean, they, you can purchase from them through their website. You can order food. What, um, what carriers are you guys linked up with for? I'm with all of them. Uh, Grubhub, Uber Eats, uh, Postmates, DoorDash and uh, Yelp also. Dope. And then uh, before we leave, tell, why don't you tell the listeners what what is your uh, what's the best thing on your menu that the must the one must try, the one must try. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna say a death taco. <laughs> <laughs> do you deliver that or do they have to sign no, a waiver? Uh, once uh, once everything opens up, it's it's in store only. But if you're a spicy lover, it's a spicy challenge. Um, yeah, dude. There's a lot of people that talk big games, but you come in and eat that, gonna turn you out. <laughs> <laughs> can can they see that on YouTube? Is it on YouTube? Like the challenges or? Yeah, just search up Death Taco, um, and you'll see a bunch of people trying it. And um, yeah, forewarning now though, if uh, you are, uh, you know, queasy to uh, someone throwing up, I would be wary. <laughs> Do you have a keto keto style death taco? Like maybe with like a cheese shell or something? If you want to come down, dude, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone check out East Sig City uh, out in Riverside off of, is it off University? Yeah, off University. Mm-hmm. And and then you got to try Jen, uh, Jen Kiyaki. Um, that place is fire. Like we've gone there a few times with Michelle and I. Took I took Dom and MJ there. You know, the food's awesome. Yep. Service is great. And, um, you that. know. It, it it's all proven by our conversation that we just had. So 
Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, thank you, man.